This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Hello everyone, we're about to start uh, Sever Shemot. Sever Shemot, according to Ramban, it's called Sever Habanim. What does that mean? First Sefer was Bereshit, that's Sever Avot. They call it what? The Sefer of the forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, Yaakov, you know, Rachel, you know, that's all the, 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 our, our forefathers and that's Sever Habanim. But now we, Sever Avot, now we're talking about Sever Habanim. And how does it start? We know it says Ubnei Sail, it says Paruvi Shitsu Vaibuvi Everybody knows, Rashi explains how many babies were, were given birth. Six babies at a shot, they're giving birth. Now, what's the shot? It's starting off. The the sefer is starting off with that. It could have started why is it specifically starting off with that? It says the answer is a very simple answer. Because Bnei Sail it's in in, in itself is in, in itself is a miracle. Sefer Abanim, which is Sefer Shemot, according to Ramban, is a miracle. The fact that that we still exist after so many prosecutions is a miracle. And if you go, if you really, really look into it, you'll see. It's like, wow, we survived that. Wow, we survived this. Wow, we survived that. Wow, we survived this. So the Prasha is starting off and saying, Paru is always existing. So you, you, you're opening up the introduction of Sefer Abanim. Sefer Shemot is Bnei Seel, no matter what situation they're in, no matter where they're going to be, no matter how far they're going to be off. And we know this is the 49th level of Tumah when they got out. It doesn't make a difference. Bnei Yisrael is a living miracle. They're a walking miracle. The fact that he exists in 2024 is an open miracle that we're witnessing. And Baruch Hashem, how are we living? One thing. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Shomer Yisrael. Period. That's the answer. And therefore, a person must understand the fact that he's, he's alive uh, and he's Jewish and he's, it's the most amazing thing he has to feel he's a walking miracle he's a mamash a working miracle and therefore we open up the introduction of the Sefer Shemot saying by the way you should just know it was a miracle that they exist and it's a miracle that they did exist and it'll always be a miracle that they'll always be around but why? one answer Hashem Shomani Sel Hashem is always protecting us He's always going to protect us and He'll never leave us behind that's the intro now today I'd like to discuss two Two really, two points uh, about Shifra and Pua, right? Shifra and Pua, which we, we know is Yochebed and Miriam. And two points of Moshe Rabbeinu. That's the Shiva tonight. First, we'd like to go with Shifra and Pua. Shifra and Pua, why they call it Shifra and Pua? <coughs> Shifra comes from the Shon Meshaper. When the baby came out, you know when a baby, you ever see a baby coming out? When baby comes out, he has all, uh, uh, you know, the mucus and things like that. So what, what, what did Shifra do? She was meshaped. She beautified this child. That's what she did. Wow, beautiful. That's why I call it Shifra. I am Pu'ah. What's Pu'ah? Why do they call it Pu'ah? Because when the baby would come out and the baby was crying, they would always uh, comfort her, comfort the baby and saying, calm down, it's okay. Like, boo, 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 like, like that. It's okay. Like that. that that's why they call it. Now, if you really analyze, I don't understand. The, 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 if anything, they should be called Hatzalah. Why? They saved the Jewish people. What are, you, what are you calling them? You're calling them, uh, you're calling them uh, Shifra and Pua because they made, they made them come out looking nice and they, they calmed down the baby when they came out. Uh, I, w- I would say uh, Hatzalah and Shemira, something like that. That, that, that. They saved them and they were Shomer them. Now that's what you should call them. Why, why, why is the Pasuk specifically going and hitting on the point of Shifra and Pua? Like, like, why that? Why specifically that? What's going on? 
So, to answer this question, it's a very, very simple question. If I were to ask you, is it, if you see a person drowning, is it, you, you save the person, right? You, you see a pool. If it happened to you, I remember I saw my nephew once. He was in a pool in, in, in Jersey. I was in Jersey. Uh, I remember I was just like my band, everything like that. He's in the pool. And I thought, I, thought it was, I thought it was a joke. Like I saw him literally going in and just, he wasn't coming up. I'm like, is this serious? Like, like, sometimes you're in shock mode. You're like, what? Just, I just, you know, you know, you know, just jumped with all my clothes, pulled them up, and he's coughing and this, that. Now, you'd say, you'd say, is that a great act? you say, is that a great act? I don't think so. Because who wouldn't save any, any person if you could? If you could save a person, you would save him. But what? But it's the details. That, that, oh, wow. You're really focusing? I'm not just saving. A person feels like a hero. Look, I saved him. Yeah, now he's drowning. Now how are you going to do him? What do you do? You take a towel. You wrap him around. How are you feeling? Let me get you a hot cup of coffee or a cup of tea or a cup of this, a cup of that. Let me, you know, yeah, it's much different. So in, in life, a person has to understand, yes, the big things, everybody wants to do the big things. But what about the details? The details. You know, when you're giving a compliment to somebody, let's say you're giving a compliment to your wife, right? Well, dinner was so great. No, they specifically teach you. No, you're supposed to emphasize on one item, right? By the way, everything was great, especially the rib roast. Wow, what a rib roast. So, so you, you, you're detailing it like that. And that's Shifra and Pu'ah. Was it just called Shifra and Pu'ah? They were called Shifra and Pu'ah because they were focusing on the details of it. Everybody puts on tefillin every morning, right? Baruch Hashem, we all put on tefillin every morning, right? Now when you put on tefillin anymore, everybody puts on it. But how do you put it on? You look at the details. Wow, I have an arm I can put on tefillin. Wow, I'm going to do a bismaha. Wow, I'm going to do it with happiness. Wow, I can't believe I have another. Wow, this is, this is my connecting to Hashem. This is like a hug from my Kadosh Baruch Hu that he's giving me. So all these things, you're putting in more details. Everybody, you know, everybody eats. So what are you special than everybody else? No, what's he kavanot when he's eating? What's he kavanot when eating? Wow, I'm eating, why does Hashem better? And even if you're not, have that in mind. Everything. But what is focusing on the details? By the way, it's very important to tell you because according to Shaharuch, Shaharuch held mitzvot sikhot kavanah. What does that mean mitzvot sikhot kavanah? It's mahloket. But we hold Shaharuch holds mitzvot sikhot kavanah, which means that you have to have kavanah, you have to have intent when doing mitzvah. I'm doing mitzvah from the Torah. That's why, let's say for example, he's sitting in sukkah, right? Oh, so what do you do? Have a mind of fulfilling mitzvah from the Torah, right? Mitzvah daseh, teshvu, shuvat yamin, besukkah, besukkah, shuvu, shuvat yamin. You have the mitzvah eating matzah. We're focusing on the details. And therefore, first you must understand, first thing in life, you have to understand, focus on the details. You're complimenting somebody, focus on the detail. Wow, it was great. Wow, that. That's the first lesson that we learn from Shifra and Pua. It's obvious a person would go and save somebody else. We don't have to call you Hatzalah. We don't have to call you Shemira. But what we do have to call you is what the, the, that you focused on something specific. Good? Good. Next. I'd like to discuss one more thing over here. It says, right? Vayomer, Vatirena hamyaladot et Elohim. Says, how do we know? How do we know that what that Shifra and Pu'ah? How do you know that they saved the children? Let's listen to what the Bible says. It says, you know how? Oh, because they had Yachamayim. Now, on this, there's a very simple question. You need to have Yachamayim to save a child? Think about it. What does it say over here? 
Oh, you know what they did? They were scared of Yirat Shamayim. They had Yirat Shamayim. They didn't do what they what 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 told them. And they and they made sure they lived. I, I, I don't. I just don't understand something. Well, what's going on over here? You're telling me. You're telling me over here that what that they had Yirat Shamayim because they feared God. Since they feared God so much, oh, you know what? They saved the children. And if you didn't fear God so much, you wouldn't change your children? Who wouldn't? If they could save the children, who wouldn't save their children? Who wouldn't? So, oh, oh they had Yirat Shamayim. Wow, they feared God. That's how they, that's how they had, uh, that's how they were able to save the children. Like, <laughs> as in, I don't know, because they feared Hashem. Uh, that means if they didn't fear Hashem, they wouldn't, they wouldn't save the children? So let me explain. Yirat Shamayim, we see in times of, uh, not when everything is going, I'll tell you a story that happened to one of my kids. Uh, two nights ago, we had a, uh, my nephew got married, and uh, one of my kids, my 10-year-old, uh, lost her shoe. Lost her shoe. And the whole house was in uproar. The whole house was in uproar. You know, I can't believe it. And everybody's like ready to go out. Everybody's ready to go outside. And she's like, Daddy, I can't find my shoe. Where's my shoe? Where's my shoe? She's flipping out. Going wild. And I told her, I said, listen, this is a test from Hashem. And if you pass it, you go on the next level of Emunah Bidachon. And she was crying. She was crying, I can't find my shoe. I'm telling you, if I don't find my shoe, I'm going to have to wear my weekday shoe. If I wear my weekday shoe, it looks so embarrassing in the wedding and going wild. I said, look, we're about to leave and you can't find your shoe. You have an Isayon in front of you right now, a test in front of you. And if you pass it, that means you, you grew in Emunah Bidachon. And she started crying. She said, Daddy, I can't pass it. I just can't do it. I can't do it. I want my shoe. I can't do it. I don't care. I'm not going to... It was back and forth. And then, literally, I'm telling you exactly what happened. She went upstairs to, to the third floor. We have an attic. And uh, she looked one spot under one of the blankets. Like it was like, you know how you, you, you cover your bed? And the bed was a little bit over the... Or the, 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 the blanket was over the, over the floor a little bit. And it was literally right under, the, under that blanket. And she found it the second she failed the test. She failed. She told me that I failed. And, and she came down and she says, I can't believe it. If I would have said Gamzul Tova, if I would have said this, I would have failed. I mean, I failed. So I told her in life, to have him when I'm it, 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 it's, it's not a kunz, it's not a greatness when everything's going great. To have him when I'm in Hashem, when everything is going great in your life, Hazabaruch. Well, you tap the guy in the back. <laughs> the only time where we see if you're having the greatest emunabidachon is when you're in a challenging times, and then at that time, you say, this is the greatest thing. This is the greatest thing. And a lot of times when you do that, things will change in your life. You heard? Things will change in your life. Rabbi Dweck, Rabbi Isaac Dweck, he had a niece. Rabbi Isaac Dweck, he had a niece. I heard this from... Isaac Dweck's sister-in-law. She told me the story personally. What happened? There was a, there was a couple. They, they wanted a, a boy. They wanted a boy. They wanted a boy so badly. Anyway, so what did Rabbi Dweck say? You have an extra room in the house? Yeah, we have an extra room in the house. Decorated like crazy as a boy room. They went ahead. They planted it blue. They changed the carpet. They changed the wallpaper. They put up everything. It's a, they put up ready from advance. It's a boy and there's that. And they just had that bitachon and this. And, and, and Baruch Hashem, it happened. There's a guy in our community. Couldn't have kids for 15 years. He just had a boy. 
You know what happened? He went to Rucham Yosef. This is what I heard. He went to Rucham Yosef around fool. This is what he did. And he went ahead and, uh, and uh, he said, Rabbi, what should we do? He says, you know what you do? Build the, build the biggest house. Mm. So we, we, we don't need a big... Build the biggest house. They go, they build a big house. That year they had a baby boy. It's a true story. That year that why when you have that when you have that energy and the bidachon Hashem and you start doing just to do and do and do and do all of a sudden you see and you know what the proof is to this by the way the biggest proof is from Nachumish Gamzu he was the per, he was Rabbi Akiva's Rabbi and he was the one who taught us this that when you say Gamzu Toba in something situation like that you flip it to be good it will automatically become good and the biggest proof is everybody knows the story if you look at the good good in the Gemara. It's a kaf alpha mud alpha mesekatani. It says on the bottom of the page that Chumish comes. What was the story? That they they sent him to go to a Roman emperor to give him a, a box of jewelry, and he's going that night, and he needed to stop at a at a, at a rest at an inn. He stops at the inn. The people in the inn go ahead. They said no. They 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 find that he has all this gold and silver and all these jewels. They took everything away, and they put dirt. Inside the, the, the box, the next day when Rahum Ganza wakes up, he, he goes, he feels the box full. So he goes, he doesn't look inside, he goes to the, to, the, to the emperor, and the emperor opens it up, and the emperor, you know, Rahum Ganza is saying, This is from the people, the Jewish people sent me to give you this gift. He opens it up, what is it? Oh my goodness! Dirt! 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 You know what's the first word? You know, you know what happened? You know what the emperor says? These Jews are making fun of me. I'll kill all the Jews. They're gonna say, I'll kill all the Jews. You know what Achumish Gamzu says? At that moment, he says, Gamzu Toba. Everything is good. You could say that. In a situation like that, you, 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 could, you could really say, Gamzu Toba, in a situation where, 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 where you don't understand what's going on. When, when you're getting pulled over and the cop's giving you a ticket and he's like, Gamzu Toba? When you park your car outside for a minute and you don't know it doesn't say no standing and you go to pray and you come out you get a ticket, you're going to be able to say Gamzu Toba? You're going to be able to do it? Gamzu Toba? You're going you're to take it? Ah, thank you Hashem! You're going to be able to do it? Are you going to be able to do it? That's what we see in when Abidachon's muscle comes in. That's what we see it comes in. And guess what happened? The second he said Gamzu Toba, only after he said it, did Hashem send him Eliyahu Navi? Eliyahu Navi was dressed as one of the one of the Roman emperor's soldiers and says, "Wait, maybe this dirt is the same dirt as the the, the Avram Avinu." And they took it, they threw it, the dirt turned into arrows, and just like Avram Avinu, when he threw the dirt, turned into arrows, they went to the next town over that they couldn't beat, and they just threw the, the dirt and they beat the whole town. Wow, the Jews, wow, they, they're amazing. He went back with the greatest gifts from this emperor. He says, we love the Jewish people, we love them. Two seconds ago, we can kill all the Jews. Now, uh, we love all the Jews. What happened? One, one three words, Gamzul Tovah. That's it, finished. That, that, that's all what it was. Gamzul Tovah. And I told my daughter, I said, this was just a test for you, from your life. I knew this was a test. You don't just lose your shoe just like that. It's going to be in the house, right? Hashem was testing you at that moment. What are you going to do at that moment? Are you going to say it? Are you going to feel really this is the best thing that could ever, ever happen to me? Or not? This is what it is. Huh? Yeah. The answer is, even if you don't, even if you, even if you don't feel it, say it anyway. 
Rabbi Vigdemil says, first of all, Mestashim speaks about it. It says, which means the outside, what you do on the outside, it affects the inside. Even though you don't mean it, it doesn't make a difference. Say it anyway, and it'll affect you. Little by little, little you'll bang it into your head, bang it into your head, bang it in. Eventually, Gamzulavay will be part of your makeup. It'll be part of your part of your system, part of your part of your life. You know, Gamzulavay didn't work out. Gamzulavay didn't work out. Gamzulavay. That, that's the way it is, and that's where we see Yirat uh, Shamayim. Uh, we 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 you know everybody's keeping kosher. All right, you're keeping kosher. Yeah, yeah. I have 150 places where you can get kosher from. Now, what happens when you go on a winter vacation, a winter break, right? Yeshiva week, whatever it is. Now you go to places. Are you going to stay in the same standards of kashrut? Or you're not going to stay in the same standards of kashrut? Ah, what's wrong with french fries? It's not a big deal. There's oil and there's that. What's wrong with sushi? Uh, Rabbi, can I get this? It's only, it's only, it's only, it's only sushi. Rice, uh, literally, it's a, it's a vegan. It's a, meanwhile, they find out in the rice when they put it with the rice, then you realize it's such a such an oil that that's not kosher. They put it in the in the, in the rice, and you don't even know about it. But you just say, "Oh, it's rice. It's only rice." You know, every single ingredient what goes on behind the scenes. But now that's what we see if you keep kosher or not. Not when you have every, every, you open up your phone, you want to order, you order from 100 restaurants. No, that, 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 that's great. You, you should be very happy that you have that. But I'm saying, when do we see how kosher you are? We're, 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 we're in a situation where you're, uh, you're out. I remember like me, I was, uh, I was flying to Israel when I was 19 years old. The only ticket was a stopover into, uh, into France, someplace in France. And I was in France, and I'm stopping over. I went to go pray. I went there. They actually had a, in the airport, they had like a shul. They had a, in the, in the, in the, in the airport, in the terminal, they had a shul. I went, I said, oh, they have a shul there? Let me go pray. I go, I go pray. I come back out. I literally come back out. And I'm, now I'm going to, the, to, to go in. And I see the plane. And I see the lady. She, she like, she, she, she closed the, I don't know if you know, like that, that item. She closed the bar and you can't go. I was like, miss, I just saw you just closing it. So I know we have a policy. The second this closes, well, nobody can come further. I was like, are you kidding me? The, 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 I see the plane. I see you just did it. I see it. I'm going wild. Like, I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Back and forth, back and forth. So what am I supposed to have to go? I have to go to Israel. I says, no, the next flight that you go in, is in 24 hours. I said, what do you want me to do from 24 hours? We'll give you a voucher to a hotel that's right near, and there's that. I take the voucher, I, the, next, the, the next day, the next day, that means the whole 24 hours, the next day at 10.30, was at 10.30 a.m., I had to go. I go to this, to this, uh, to this uh, hotel, I see literally nothing in sight. There's no kosher around at all, zero. And I'm, I'm starving. 19 years old, I'm, I'm, I'm starving. You know how it is, you know, you have your whole appetite, you know? And you're sitting there, you're like, are you kidding me? There's nothing to eat. I'm going, I'm trying to think, what could I eat? What could I eat? What could I eat? What could I eat? I literally could The only thing that I was able to eat, literally, was, the, you know, sometimes in hotels they have like, um, uh, they have like, when you, when you walk in the desk, a fruit bowl. They had oranges. That's the only thing. Oranges, that's all I had. They just had one oranges, by the way. And it wasn't like a five-star hotel with that. It was zero. There was no, it was just the fruit bowl and your room. That's it. <laughs> fruit, fruit bowl, your room. And oh, they had a, a vending machine for the, for the for what's it called? For Cokes. Cokes, Sprite, Diet Coke, whatever it was. That's all it was. Now they're standing there, starving. What do they do? So this is my test now. You're not going to... That's it. Just, that's it I had. Just orange. An orange, another orange, another orange, another orange. The guy in the front desk looked at me, are you, what do you, what do you, what do you love oranges or something? I was like, yeah, I do, I do love oranges. Thank you very much. That's it. I'm telling you, every, every three, I got it to 30, I had one. 12 30, I got another one. 3 30, I got another one. 5 30, I got another one. 10 30, I got another one. He's like, I see you love oranges. What should I do? He doesn't know kosher. I'm going to explain to the guy kosher. He doesn't know kosher. But this is what it is. 
But when does the when does that happen? When do we find out that Yiratchamayim when you're in a situation where you have a test and now how are you gonna piss? That's how we know you have Yiratchamayim. That's how we know. Well, let's say you're going to a party. And you know the lady's going and it's not the most sneud party. And you know it's not and you feel like, wait, if I dress too much sneud, it looks bad, maybe I won't dress sneud. Wait, 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 you 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 you're 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 diminishing your values? And that's why the Pasuk says specifically, Vayomer, it says over here, that the Mialedot had Yirachamayim. Because a lot of things could have changed. They could have said, wait, this situation is different now. Right, you know what? I might have to listen to Baroah. If I don't listen to Baroah, I'll get killed. Nefesh, I must have to listen. I must kill the babies. I must do this. Because, but because they had Yirachamayim, they didn't, they didn't go less in any of their values. That's it. This is my values. This is my value system. This is what I believe in. Nobody's changing my mind. I can't change my mind whatsoever. And this is what it is. When you have your values straight, you have your mind straight, that's my values. That's it. Nobody's stopping me, no matter what. Even but all, where what? I had your mind. My mind overcame the test. Because I could say, wait, do the thumbs now. Wait, it's Pukwa Nefesh. Parosh tell me I should kill him. If I don't kill him, they'll kill me. Oh, I'm allowed to kill them. No. They had Yerachimayim so much so, that the, the, the determination of Yerachimayim was so great, said, I can't do it. And I'll tell you a story about the Chibina Rav. Chibina Rav, this is brought down in Rav Shlomo Lorenz, Sefer. It's called Satam. He was very close with a lot of rabbis. And I, I recommend this this, is, this book, it's the stories of the biggest Gedolim. It's called Mechitzatam. It's amazing. It's called In Their Shadow. They, they made it in English now. It used to be only in Hebrew. Now they made it in English. They have the first, for the same volume, is the Vizkiro Hazonish and, uh, and Rav Shach. Unbelievable. And then they had, he has two more volumes. And every volume was, the next one is like 20, about 10, 15 Rabbanim. And the next one is also 10, 15 Rabbanim. The ones that we're so close with. And he says the story of the, the Chibina Rav. What was the story of the Chibina Rav? Chibina Rav, one time, they were, all the Rabbanim were, were coming and they were asking the Chibina Rav for a, um, a specific uh, uh, meeting. They had a big meeting. All the biggest rabbis in Israel came, they sat down, and they're there for, to go and to hear this, uh, the, 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 this meeting. All the biggest rabbis, the Godolim. 30 to 30 Gidolim sitting on the table, they had this big, big meeting. And they, called, they go to the Chibinarab and they said, Chibinarab, we want to tell you in advance, in another, another month, we have this meeting, we expect you to be there. He says, I'm not coming. So, what do you mean? We expect you to be there. It's a meeting, a little robot. He said, No, I'm not coming. So, they sent a bigger rabbi to go speak to the rabbi. So, this rabbi, more, more, more respectable rabbi, older, more respectable, says, No. He tells Chimina Rob, we have 30 Rabbanim, they want, they want to meet, you're going to be part of the, part of, part of the, part of the delegation with the rabbis. He says, no, I'm not going. So are you kidding me? Then they sent Rav Chaim Veloj, uh, uh, no, Rav Chaim Shmulevitz. They sent Rav Chaim Shmulevitz. Now they sent Rav Chaim Shmulevitz, the Shiva of the Mir, one of the Shivas of the Mir, and now he goes. And now this is already a big, big Rosh Hashiva that's coming in to speak to Chimina Rob. He says, listen, we want you there. Says, I can't come. I, I, I would love to. I can't come. He says, What do you mean? 30 Rabbanim. So he tells him like this. He said that he made a deal with Hashem. The Chabina Rub, one time he was at the hospital and he was literally, literally about to, to, to die, pass out. And in the hospital room, 
he turned to the wall. And he said, Hashem, if you save me, I give you my word, just learning. To the rest of my life. He was older. He was older. At the time he was really older. And he says, if you give me more life, from now to the rest of the time, just learning. Just learning. Opening up, just learning. Learning, teaching, learning, teaching, just learning, teaching. No other... And a few moments later, doctors came in. They saw the machines. He was getting better. And he got full recovery. He got a full recovery. And he said to the Rav Chaim Shmulevitz, I really would like to come. But I gave my word to Hashem, if He gives me a Fuash that's what I'm doing. And He gave me the Fuash he was He was on his deathbed. He gave me a Fuash My Yirat Shamayim is so great, nothing's budging me. Even though all the rabbis are going to be there and there's a lot of pressure for me to come, I can't come. Why? I gave, it, I gave my word to Hashem. I gave my word to Hashem. And that's what it's saying over here. It says, The Mialedot, yeah, they could have had a lot of cheshbonot. They could have had a lot of reasoning to kill the kid. They could have. They could have rationalized, yeah, this, that. Oh, well, kill one, and then they'll know, well, really, maybe kill, not, save all of them. It's a, maybe, maybe, maybe kill some, and, and, and survive some. No. They had Yirat Shamayim so much so, that nothing veered them off. And that's the level that we have to have. We have to have Yirat Shamayim. You know, the Rambam's Yorzai was the other day, the other day so this past Sunday, right? And over there, there was a, there was a story going around in our yeshiva. And it was an old bacha that used to say this story. Old bachud, he would say this story, how there was one time a guy that had a dream. He, really, he wanted the Yirat Shamayim of the Rambam. And he asked Hashem, please give me the Yirat Shamayim of the Rambam. Give me the Yirat Shamayim of the Rambam. Give me the Rambam. And he kept on praying, Hashem, please give me the Yirat Shamayim of the Rambam. Give me the Yirat Shamayim of the Rambam. So one day they told him in a dream, tomorrow you're going to get the Yirat Shamayim Rambam. He had it for one day, he says, Hashem, please take it away, take it away, take it away. So what happened? You can't move. You can't, you can't sit the way you're sitting. You, you'd be scared. Hashem's watching. If you really believe Hashem's watching you right now, you, 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 you're sort of, Hashem's, Hashem's really watching you. Like, like your whole, you won't, eat, you won't be able to eat the way you eat. You won't be able to sit the way you sit. Now imagine going on a couch. Now you're on a couch, relaxing on the couch with your blanket, with your, with your, with your pajamas. Hashem's watching you. You can't go relax like this. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? Hashem's watching you. Every speck of the way, Hashem's watching you. So that is the lesson that we learn from Shifra Ampua. One was that they were, they were concentrating on the details on Namudat Hashem, not just saving them, but also caring for them. That's why they called Shifra, not Hatzalah and Shemina. And the second thing we said is, they had the Yirat Shamayim, and it didn't veer them off, no matter what situation they were in. Now, I just want to end off with one last thing about Moshe Rabbeinu. We see from two things about Moshe and we're done. One thing about Moshe Rabbeinu was that what? That he loved the people. He cared for the people. And it says from Moshe we learn that if the tzibud is, is in, in Sa'ar, you have to be bitsa'ar. How do we know? Moshe Rabbeinu was at war. His hands were up. It says, Videh Moshe kebedim. It was very, it was very hard. Be'asimu even mitachtav. They put a rock underneath for him to sit. So the Gemara asks, why a rock? Put a pillow. You can't get a pillow for the Moshe Rabbeinu. Put a, put a, put a, put a, put a pillow. No. If Bnei Yisrael is Bitsar, then I have to feel the Tzad. That's what it was. There was one time a guy in Lakewood, in, in one of the wars, I think it was the Gulf War, in one of the wars in Lakewood, he would always have uh, uh, bread and, and peanut butter and chili. 
And this time he was only having bread and peanut butter. So he asked, like, why are you having bread and peanut butter, not the jelly? What happened? He says, if Bnei Yisrael is at war at that moment, and therefore people are dying, and this, that, whatever it was, whatever was happening, I don't know exactly what was happening, he says, I can't just go and, 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 and live my same life. If Bnei Yisrael is mitzad, mitzad. And we see that Moshe Rabbeinu was so great that he hits, one day he hits the, the, the Mitzri, Mitzri dies, and the next day he goes out again. If you kill someone, what's the first thing? You're hiding out for a week. What does the Pasuk say? No. It says, I, what do you say? He kills the Mitzri. What does it say after? He, who cares what day it was? The next day he goes out. You know why? Because Moshe Rabbeinu cared about his people so much, he wanted to see what was going on. So even though he just killed the Mitzri, the next day he goes out again. I have to see, is my people okay or not? He cared so much for the people. But you see one thing. When he's going to get the leadership position, he's like, nope, I can't take it. He says, what do you mean? You care about the people. Hashem's saying, you be the Savior, take them all out. What are you doing? How come he doesn't want to do it? No. Nope. says, why? He says, I was in Midian many, many years. Aaron was with the people the whole entire time. Aaron is older than me. Give it to Aaron. Think about it. And they're fighting back and forth. No, I'm not taking it to Aaron. I don't want Aaron to be upset. Until Moshe Rabbeinu guaranteed that, that Aaron won't be upset, then he said, okay, fine, I'll take the position. What happened over there? The answer is, even though you want to do something good, you can't step on someone's foot when, when getting there. A lot of times in life, people might say, oh, you know, I'll step on his foot and I'll get to, get to the top level. You can't do that in Avodah Hashem. It won't come out good. The foundation is, 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 the foundation is wrong. It's the same thing in a business. You see business, sometimes the business falls 10 years later. And he says, what happened? You, you don't realize that 10 years ago, when this man started the business, I'm just giving an example, you know, he, he had a partner that you don't even know about, that this partner, he took him, he sued him for, 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 for the wazoo, and the guy, he knew how to do every shtick in the book, and now he says, 10 years later, what happened? Because you stepped on, you stepped on your friend, and you think by stepping on your friend, you're going to succeed? So maybe a few years, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Hashem, wait, you think that's going to be a tzlacha over there? How, how, do you, how do you have that? How, do you, how, do you, how could you even think like that? You think by stepping on another, another fellow like that, like crazy, you think you're going to be able to, to succeed? Yeah, so, so, so she's one year, two year, wow, I'm rolling, I'm rolling. But if the foundation was weak from the fact that you stepped on someone, I'm sorry to say, it's very bad. I know personally, there was a Kolel guy, a very good Kolel guy. There was a small Kolel in Brooklyn. And it was like about 12 guys, that's all. And in the Kolel, the, 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 this guy, this guy was the strongest guy in the Kolel. He was holding up the place, everything like that. One day he decided to leave the Kolel. He said, you know what, I'm leaving. And he goes to this big, uh, big, big uh, Ben Midrash, and uh, the Rosh Hashiva says, I heard a lot about you. Are you in this kolel? He said, yes. He said, no, I can't accept you. He said, what do you mean? He said, I can't accept you. He said, why not? He said, look, you're holding up the whole place. If I take you, the whole place will, will, will fall. I don't want that to happen. I don't want it to happen. He could have took him, and he could have made his place even greater, and he could have done this, and he could have done that. But if I'm going to hurt something else, one second, the steps over here don't make sense. I can't just do that. It doesn't make sense. I won't do that. So when it's built on something out of you stepping on someone to build something else, 
There's no kiyum, there's no establishment. Moshe Rabbeinu understood, one second, if my brother Aharon is going to feel bad that I became the leader and he's going to have a grudge and he was leading the people up until I came and now I'm going to come in and I'm going to be the leader and this like that, I'm sorry, I can't take that position. So even though Moshe Rabbeinu felt for the people, but he says, even though I feel for them, I can't do anything wrong to somebody else in order to save the people. I just can't do it. And that's a lesson in life. You know, sometimes in life, you can't go uh, backstab somebody to get what you want because it's what, because again, guess what? There won't be kiyum. You might think, oh wow, welcome, I rolled it. It's good I did that. It's good I cheated him all. No. Maybe it'll work now, it'll work the next phase, next day, but it won't, it, won't, it won't stay established. Moshe Rabbeinu knew that and Moshe Rabbeinu said, listen, even though I care about my people, if my brother is going to feel bad and I'm going to step on him in order to do that, my brother was leading the people. All these years I wasn't there, now I'm going to come in. And that's how important, because sometimes in life, sometimes uh, there was a, a Chaim Zonenfeld, you know Chaim Zonenfeld, there, there was a big chazan in his, in his shul, very big chazan, and, and he passed away, this chazan passed away, and the committee wanted to put a new chazan. But he said, look, don't worry, Rosh Hashanah is coming, we're going to have the chazan. He says, which chazan? Don't worry, we're going to have a chazan. He says, okay, which chazan? He says, don't worry, we'll give the chazan. The, the Rosh Hashanah came, and who did, who did the rabbi pick? The rabbi picked his son. The, the chazan, not the rabbi's son, the chazan's son. And they said, watch for the chazan, we, we could have got a, 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 a greater chazan. He says, you're not understanding. His wife, chazan's wife, is still around. And she would come every Rosh Hashanah, and she would be the lady in the lady section, standing in the front row, making sure to hear her husband. Imagine the first year he passes away, and you take, her son is a decent chazan, you put a different, another chazan? So even though the chazanut is not going to be the greatest, it'll be decent. But we're not going to go hurt a lady like that, in order to go, wow, we won't do that. You don't step on people in order to advance. You have to do it in a promoteful way. You have to do it in a, a nice way. You have to know how to do it. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu was teaching us. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu. And the last but not least that I wanted to speak about was the last thing was is about uh, Moshe himself. Moshe, he has a lisp. We know he has a lisp. And everybody knows this question: How is it possible that 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 Hashem could have took away his lisp, right? Yes or no? Hashem could take it away, no? You have stories in the Gemara that, that, that they prayed, the guy was deaf. The guy was deaf. Uh, Rebbe, Rebbe, Rebbe prayed, uh, please Hashem, help him, help him heal. Boom. The next day he's talking. You know, Moshe Rabbeinu could have prayed, his mouth get better and got better. Hashem could have, could have, uh, could have made his, made his uh, what's it called, made him able to talk uh, properly. What was the understanding to it? And the, and the answer really, there's a lot of answers. But one of the answers I'm going to tell you is that it should show you the Siyadah Deshmaya, where when a person has, it's not you. It's the siyata d'shmaya that you have behind you that has that role play, that has that. Like, I'll give you an example. Some people, they, they're the multi-millionaires, but if you tell them to, to sign the check, you know what the, you know the signature is? X. That's the signature. It was, I, I saw. They got, when he signed his head, no, no, I don't, I'm not a right. You serious? I'm not a right. You see his signature is an X. He doesn't have a right. So he goes, what's one line? And one line, that's a signature. Uh, illegally, that is a signature. I understand. Says, I came from this country. I'm a multimillionaire. How, how do you? Can you understand that? Can you? Can you explain that? He doesn't know how to write. Uh, he said to himself, "Come on." He knows how to talk. He knows how to say. Hashem gave him that special siyadish So therefore, a person sometimes in life says, "Oh no, I don't have that kawach, and I don't have that strength, and I don't have this, and I don't have that." 
It's a bunch of, it's a bunch of, you want to say something? It's a bunch of baloney. You know why? Because if you have the siyata dishmaya, no matter where you are in life, you could, have, you could have a lisp and be the biggest leader of the whole Christ sale. The Moshe Rabbeinu! You know, think about it. You, you, you speak about Moshe Rabbeinu, he has a lisp, what are, what are you doing? No. It's showing you if, I, if Hashem wants that person in power, nobody in the world could pull him down. Nobody in the world. I'll stop him there, stop him there, stop him there. You know, he got engaged. He got engaged. You know what he got engaged to? His Chavetz Chaim's mother got remarried. His father passed away. Chavetz Chaim's father passed away. He, she got remarried to another, uh, uh, another, another man. And this man had a daughter. And this daughter, she, he wanted for the Chavetz Chaim. Yeah? He wanted for the Chavetz Chaim. So, so, so Chavetz Chaim's older brother said, what do you mean? My brother, even young, he was a, he was a massive Tamil Hacham. He could get anybody. He could get a person that could support the whole, his whole life, sit and learn, everything like that. He could do the whole thing. What do you mean? What, what, what do you mean? What, what do you think of? So the brother was, was saying, no, no, you're not mad. Chavez Kim agreed. Why? He, said, he, didn't, he, wanted, he didn't want to make Shalom Bayit. That's how great the Chavez Kim was. He said, I don't want to make no Shalom Bayit. No problem. But that's, what, that's my stuff that wants. No problem, I'll do it. He was doing it. They had the engagement. And by the engagement, by the wedding, everything like that, his older brother was coming to, to stop. You know, stop. Stop the engagement. Stop this. And it never fell through. As he was going, his, his axle for the, for, the, for the wagon, it broke. And, and, and he was trying to fix it. And by the time he fixed it, everything like that, they already they got engaged. They already got this. Everything was already done. So they couldn't stop it. Because guess what? At the end of the day, if it's meant, it's meant, no matter what's going to be. So no matter what, Shalabino had a lisp. It didn't make a difference. It didn't make a difference. And by the way, by the way, Havetz Haim said later on, see, with my wife that I had, I was able to learn more than the guys who had support from their followers, full support. I was able to go longer in learning than them. How do you get the Siyad Dishmaya? When you put your full kochot in, when you put your full, full kawach in, Hashem will suddenly get Siyad Dishmaya. You don't know how, what, when, this, that. It's a lot of people, sometimes a lot of people, I know a person, he wasn't making so much money. He wasn't making so much money. He says, wait, I'm doing something wrong. He looks, he says, maybe I'm not giving the right ma'asrot. And he started giving ma'asrot, ma'asrot, ma'asrot. And he's tight, but he's giving. He's tight, but he's giving. He's tight, but he's giving. And then all of a sudden, one day, the Siyad Dishmaya opens up and the guy is rolling. How, how did that happen? Because he kept on doing it and trying and doing and trying. And the Siyad Dishmaya happens. You have a guy in yeshiva. The guy, his head is a dots. You know, dots, dots. You put something in his brain, dots. One time the Hazonish, they came to Hazonish, you know, they came to Hazonish, and, and, and one, one guy was saying, I can't anymore, I'm, I'm leaving Yeshiva, I can't do it, I can't do it. He said, there was a, there's a very big Tamil in our generation, one of the Gedolim, at 18 years old, he asked me this question, A, B, and C. This is in, also in their shadows, Rabbi Shlomo Laurent Sefer. He said, the Hazonish said to this guy, there was a big Tamil and this was his question. What a, what a, what a, what a low question. This is, this is a Tamil so he developed to be the Melchav. At the age of 18, he was asking the stupidest questions. But he kept on going, and going, and going, and going, and he didn't stop. Hashem saw the admiration, and the, and the koach that he put it in, Hashem says, I'm going to give it to this guy. And his mind started opening up. Like it says in Pekavot, Kol makayem et Torah me'oni, sofo yikayem ha-Torah be'oshet. What does it mean? So oni means if you accept, if, if if you learn the Torah be oni. So you usually say physical oni, like, like like you don't have the money, and then later on you'll have the money with wealth. So other than that, Hashem explained oni means oni of the Torah. Your brain is 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 a dutz brain. 
but you're trying and you're going and you're trying and going. So form an orshad. Hashem will give you a brain of, of, of wealth. Therefore, Rabotai, we have to remember these lessons that we said tonight about Shifran Puah. We make sure on the details is, is careful. Make sure you have the, the right Yirat Shamayim at the right time and with the right Nisyonot. Make sure you learn from Moshe Rabbeinu. We don't step on people to get what we want, even though we want success. He didn't step on his brother Aaron. And the, and the last one was that the Siyad and Shmaya you have to have always. Like Moshe Rabbeinu, he had a lisp and he was still, still the leader of the whole Amsel. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.